0: You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit hbcyr.ca. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Father, on this day we stop and we remember the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And uh, although, Lord, there's great sadness on this day, there's great hope for the follower of Jesus Christ in this day. So as we look into your word now, give us um, ears to hear carefully what you have to say to us, minds to comprehend it, and then God lives to live differently because of who Jesus is and what he accomplished on this day. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you can take your seats. And while you're doing that, uh, grab your Bible and open it up to Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. If uh, you don't have one, there's some uh, Bibles in the uh, rows in front of you. And if you're visiting and don't know where Hebrews is, it's on page 1008. And uh, so that's where you'll find it in the blue uh, Bibles that are provided here at the church. Um, You know, Charles Dickens wrote a famous novel. It was called The Tale of Two Cities. The very first line in the novel, it's going to come up on the screen for you. um, The very first line in the novel said, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Now that's a great description of Good Friday. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. For those who wanted to see Christ on the cross, the Romans, the religious leaders, those who are haters of Christ, they thought this day was the best of times. And for those who watched and saw Christ, they thought it was the worst of times. But in reality, what was going on Uh, For the followers of Christ, it was the best of times. Because of what was being accomplished, what was being fulfilled here, it was the best of times. And for those who really wanted to see Christ destroyed and gone, uh, for them and the eternal judgment that would be on them, it was the worst of times. Uh, Let's set the scene of what's going on. It is um, 25 after 10. At 25 after 10 on that day, Christ had been hanging on the cross for almost an hour and a half. It's Good Friday. The betrayal in the garden by Judas is done. The violence in cutting off the high priest's servant's ear by a Peter and its restoration is done. A Peter has denied Christ th- three times. He's living in the overwhelming sense of his defeat and guilt. The mock trials are done. The scourging, the whipping, the opening up of his back with the the whips upon him, they're done. The spitting, the mocking, the ridicule, it's done. And on this day, the crucifixion, which was designed to create as much pain and as much agony as possible for the one who was suffering. It's done. The sign over his head, King of the Jews. It's done. The pushing down on your feet and gasping for air. For six hours, Jesus did this. It's done. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's done. It is finished. It is done. The Romans are satisfied. The Jews are thrilled. Satan is ecstatic. God has given up his only son. Jesus has paid the price. It truly was the worst of times. But for, also, for us, it was also the foundation of what we now know and understand was the best of times. We're going to look in Hebrews 12 today and uh, just three verses. I'm going to start at verse 2 and then 3 and then uh, back to verse 1. Listen as I read. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted, and back to verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Just three thoughts today. Three things for you to focus on and to think about it. Here's the first thing. Right in the verse, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look into Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. In the New American Standard, it says Fixing our eyes on Jesus. It has that idea of, of a gaze that's, that's, that's been captured and, and you're not taking your eyes off it. You've got your gaze on that thing. And yet in our world, in the pressures we face every day, we find our gaze being distracted and pulled to so many, many different things. I found this illustration this week. I loved it. It's very simple. It says, if you want to be distressed, look within. Look within. Always be looking in. Always be looking inside. And all you'll find is anxiety and pressure. And if you want to be distressed, look within. If you want to be defeated, always be looking back. Always be looking back at how this didn't work out. And oh my goodness, and it could have been better. And if you want to be defeated, you keep looking back. If you want to be distracted, you always be looking around. You're looking around and seeing what's going on and what other people have or, or what you don't have and, and it's just a big distraction for you because you're always looking around. If you want to be dismayed, you're always looking forward. Oh no, what's going to come? I don't know. I'm not sure. And if you want to be dismayed, you, you're always looking ahead. But if you want to be delivered, if you want to be delivered, you look up. If you want to be delivered, you get your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. And that's the first thing that we learn in this text. Looking to Jesus. Because he is the author, the founder, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. was accomplished on this day. What was accomplished in Jesus Christ on this day. Accomplished everything that was required to reconcile man to God. The gulf of sin that separated man is taken care of because of this work of Jesus Christ on this day says right in this verse, it says, For the joy that was set before him. Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. What joy? The cross was not the joy. Jesus wasn't, I'm going to the cross. This is going to be a party. There's no joy in the cross. There was suffering in the cross. There was shame in the cross. But I think the joy that was set before him is the, it is finished. The gulf between man and God has been dealt with because of the work of Christ. That brought him great joy. The reconciliation of man to God. In the verse, it goes on at the end of the verse. It talks about him going back to be with the Father. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the joy. And so the Lord Jesus Christ, it says right in the verse, it says, He endured the cross. He endured the cross. He did what needed to be done so you and I could have eternal life. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. We get so bent out of shape if somebody mocks us for being a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm not sure if anybody in the room, certainly not very many people in the room have ever really had to endure suffering and shame like Jesus Christ did for us. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. But for the joy that was set before him. So Jesus bore all of this hellish stuff that was going on in his life. So I could have eternal life. That's what this day is about. That's why this day is so important. Paul Whittingstall, every single person in the room, the gulf between God and man because of our sin cannot be fixed by us. God's standard is righteousness. God's standard is purity. God's standard is holiness. God's standard is no sin. And there's not a single person in the room. There's not a single person in the, in the world that can, go, that can carry that gulf, that Jesus Christ, he paid the price. He was the sufficient sacrifice. He was the only one who could shed his blood so we could have eternal life. He is the only one who could satisfy the demand of God and he did it for us. Look, look, look to Jesus. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's what this day is about. This day is about what Jesus Christ accomplished so you could be right with God. And it's a gift that he offers to you. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's a free gift and all you can do is receive it. And today, this is the day Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be, you'll be saved. It's a transfer of your trust. It's I'm placing my hope in what Christ accomplished for me. Believe today and be saved. So the first thing we see, it says a looking to Jesus. In the next verse, it says, consider him, uh, consider him. If you're not a follower of Christ today, you need to consider who Jesus said he was and what he said he did and and did he accomplish what he said? Was Jesus truly the son of God who shed his blood and paid a price so you could have eternal life or was he a liar and was he a lunatic? You have to consider him today. Look to Jesus. Look to what you're hearing about. Look to what he did and now consider him. Consider him. Your eternity is in the balance. This day is the pivotal day in history. Eternity is in the balance. So don't walk away easily from it. Don't set it aside lightly, but but consider the claims of Jesus Christ. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility so you can have life. So you can have eternal life. Look to Jesus, consider Jesus, and then back to one, back to verse one. This is this is what this was all about and what it's a calling for us to, and that's for us to live for Jesus. Live for Jesus. Look what verse one says. It says, "Therefore, since we are surrounded by such, so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which easily clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us." So let us also, and then let us run. There's a living for Jesus part, but I love the first part of this verse because it's a great reminder for us. Um, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, if you remember Hebrews chapter 11, it's the the Hall of Fame of, uh, of people who. Gone before, okay, um and so he starts out by saying, "Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses," he's not saying that all those guys in Hebrews chapter eleven, they're sitting in heaven watching us as we play the game today. Nobody's saying. It, it's more like this: if you watch the uh, Blue Jays opener yesterday. Um, uh, Roy Halladay, um, who was killed in an airplane uh, crash back this past year, they brought his family out. And, and so his, um, his name plate went up on the wall of fame or whatever they call it in the stadium. And there's a whole bunch of names that are up there. Uh, people who've gone before. Uh, people who we kind of live in, in in realizing what they did. Well, that's a baseball analogy. Of, and it's a great thing for baseball players. They remember those guys and what they meant to them and all the rest of it. Well, that's what he's saying here. That's the same idea saying here, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the people who have gone before, faithful people who poured out their lives have gone before us. Since you're surrounded by these amazing pictures that have been given to us now, now here's what we do. Here's what we do. Let us lay aside. See, the salvation that was offered in Jesus Christ was a price that was paid that you didn't deserve and you didn't already said that. But, but here's the reality, it was done and now there's a result that comes from it and that is that we live for Christ. There's a result that comes in our lives. There's things that we do. Let us lay aside, and he gives uh, two illustrations of it right in the text. He says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us lay aside every weight and sin everything that can distract us everything that can be a weight is not necessarily sinful but it can cause us to be distracted it can become a sin but there's lots of things that are there that compete for our time and he says we need to lay those things aside let us lay aside the weights What do you find yourself anxious about? What do you find yourself thinking about? Instead of your eyes fixed on Jesus, you're looking around all the time, you're seeing, lay those things aside and get your eyes on Jesus Christ. Let us lay, lay aside every weight. And if you have weights on you today, lay them aside. Put them aside. I'm gonna get focused today and the next day and the next day, one day at a time. I'm gonna get focused on Jesus Christ in my life. Let us lay aside every weight, and then the sin. What's the sin? What's the sin that made you, when you're deciding whether you are coming to not today uh, to church, that's like, uh, you know, maybe I don't want that guy to stand up there and yell at me for 18 minutes and feel guilty all the time for the stuff that's going on in my life. The, the word of God here is saying, set it aside. Deal with it because of who Jesus is. On this day, as you remember what Christ did, as he shed his blood, as he suffered for you, as he took your shame, lay aside your sin. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all and all kinds of unrighteousness. Live for Jesus. Says these things so easily, ensnare us. And then he says, let's move forward. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That word um, from the Greek and in the word um, endurance is a a sense of determination. It's I'm sticking with it. I'm not giving up. Let us run with endurance. It's also a picture of um, undelaying. I need to do it. And I need to do it now. Let us run with endurance. I'm not going to get sidetracked. I'm going to stick with it. And I'm going to start right now. Right now. That's what we're being called to. That's what followers of Jesus Christ are called to on Easter. Let us remember what Christ did. Let us remember what He accomplished. And let us look to Jesus. Let us truly consider him who endured the suffering for us. And let us live for the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, so what? As Dickens said, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. A great description of Good Friday was the worst of times because of the suffering that our Savior had to do for you and for me. But it's the best of times because he did it willingly to accomplish your salvation and my salvation if we will but put our trust in Jesus Christ alone. It was the worst of times as we think about what we did to our Savior It is the best of times because he did it willingly. And now as a follower of Jesus Christ, I need to live out of the abundance of that for the glory of my Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a description of Easter. It's a gift. Have you received it? And are you living it out because of who Jesus is and what he has done? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this text. We thank you for the challenge that it is and as we consider it in the context of who Jesus Christ is and what he did for us at this time on this day. Oh God, I pray. I pray, Lord, that you would pour your spirit on us and we'd be changed people, even as a result of coming here today. In a new and a fresh way, we would live out our lives for the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We would have a passion to live out every day remembering what Christ did in these moments for us. And for the person who's come here today who's never put their trust in Jesus Christ, I pray, Father, that they would for the first time catch a glimpse of what Jesus Christ did so that they could be saved and they truly would trust Jesus Christ alone for this work, God. Their salvation would be in Christ alone. Do this work for your glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.